Well, here we are, folks. Another week of Dan's Dabble and Babble. And the Christmas season has finally come to a close. Yes, I realize I am releasing this podcast on Easter Sunday, but allow me to explain. When I was thinking about what to get my boyfriend for Christmas, I got him a few gifts. And I also wanted to get him some sort of an experience. So he and I both, uh, but he especially is someone who really values experiences over things. And so I wanted to find some activity that he had never done before that we could do together that would be a nice moment, whatever. So uh, I got him sailing lessons and we had a busy start of the year. We were in Cancun for New Year's and uh, went to Epcot in February. So initially in February was the first time we scheduled the lessons, uh, but the first time we went, we kind of sat down with the instructor and she talked us through the basics of sailing. So we did the the dry portion of the lesson, but she was very honest with us and it was like, you know, the wind is basically dead. This is not going to be a good experience. And so since we were local, I was like, listen, we're not going to force it if today's not a good day like just be honest with us and we appreciated her honesty and and we rescheduled the day we rescheduled for we had terrible storms so we went from not having enough wind to having way too much wind and our lesson had to be canceled the second time so yesterday we finally got our sailing lesson and and i have to say the instructor was great it was a fun experience you know it was a beautiful day we were out in clearwater and so one thing about going to clearwater beach is it doesn't matter what time of day or what time of year you go to clearwater beach there are two bridges that take you across to clearwater beach and the traffic management is just atrocious at the end of one bridge the the bridge that gets you to the main part of clearwater beach there's this roundabout and it's right by where the marina and the pier are so traffic is always insane and it always just takes an absurd amount of time to get to clearwater beach and and this weekend was no different Uh, but, you know, complaining about traffic aside, it was a beautiful day. We get there, we get out on the water and apparently all day, so our lesson was in the afternoon. It was 2, 2 2.30 by the time we got out on the water and apparently all day the conditions had been great and then we get out there and the winds basically die. We had a few moments of some good sailing, which which was fun. And I mean, overall, it was a fun experience. It was definitely underwhelming and i mean that's to nobody's fault the the facility was great the instructor was great um you know we had a good time for what it was but it just you know that's the nature of sailing you're depending on the winds and the wind wasn't there for us so that has come to a close i feel i'm gonna be honest i feel bad i feel a a bit badly about it because you know this is uh, my Christmas gift to him, and you know, it's it's not my fault. It's not the sailing center's fault. It's nobody's fault, and he understands that, and I understand that. But you know, it is a it's a bit of a letdown. But uh, it was it was cool to be out on the water, and then um, we had a nice day in Clearwater Beach after that, because you know we were we were there 
Um, so we decided to, to get some snacks. Um, and so we checked out a couple of cool restaurants. Uh, and then there was a festival going on. Festival is the Sugar Sand Festival, which is pretty cool. So apparently every year they have these artists come and they make sculptures out of sand. And, you know, of course, the, the sand at Clearwater Beach is so soft. It's so perfect. It's it's a really wide, nice beach. It's really it's it really is a beautiful beach. It's very it's very much what you think of when you think of touristy Florida. I would say just the whole atmosphere of Clearwater Beach with the, you know big hotels and condos and uh, you know lots of surf shops and uh, you know beach beach style bars and and restaurants and uh, very family friendly. Uh, just very sunny, very bright, very touristy. Uh, so we checked out the Sugar Sand Festival, which was really cool. So that was an unexpected bonus of going uh, to Clearwater yesterday was to check out that uh, sand festival. You know, there are uh, there were some really great sculptures there. You know, I always love to see a penguin. Seeing a penguin made out of sound was pretty darn neat. Uh, seeing a narwhal made out of sand was pretty neat. Um, so no, it ended up it, like that. That part was all uh, very much a nice day. So you know that that's what I was up to this weekend. And uh, you know, for Easter, didn't really um, have any big Easter plans. My my boyfriend and I ended up having a nice little brunch together after we walked around downtown Tampa looking for places to eat and realizing that a lot of the places that we wanted to go to were closed because of Easter, which good on them for giving their employees the holiday off, uh, but just uh, kind of unexpected for us. But it, uh, it all ended up fine. And now I'm recording the good old podcast. So um, I have a, a few things uh, to talk about today and you know I, I would love to do as thorough of a deep dive on these topics as as I did on will and grace but I don't have the same lexicon or depth of knowledge uh, on, on, on what I'm going to talk about this week as as I do will and grace so um, I I want to put that up front but the first thing that I would like to talk about the first segment that I want to talk about on today's podcast, is about Michelle Collins. And I hope if you're listening to this podcast, you know something about Michelle Collins because I just want to put it out there that this host is the biggest fan of Michelle Collins. Michelle Collins is a comedian. She is the host of The Michelle Collins Show, which airs daily from 8 to 10 a.m. on Radio Andy on Sirius XM Radio. She also has a podcast called The Midnight Snack Podcast that she co-hosts with her friend Dan Acton. Uh, it is a dream beyond dream of mine's to end up uh, somehow, some way, being a guest either on the radio show or on her podcast. So, if anybody listening has some connections to get me in with the Michelle Collins show, then uh, what are you waiting for? But uh, Michelle Collins, I am somewhat obsessed with. And I just, I guess the theme of today's episode is, is going to be women in media. And so Michelle Collins, I became acquainted with 
from watching her on The View. Now, I know that that statement is probably going to need some unpacking in and of itself, but what I always said about The View... Okay, well, so to be clear, I no longer watch The View, but when I was in grad school... I don't know what necessarily drew me to The View initially, but I ended up watching The View. So I am a big Live with Kelly fan, and I do say Live with Kelly because I, I, I was a huge Live with Kelly and Michael fan. Uh, I And if we want to go into that television breakup, we can, but uh, I firmly side with Kelly Ripa in the Kelly versus Michael Strahan feud. I don't know if they're still feuding. I don't have the luxury of watching Live with Kelly very much, if at all, anymore. Uh, but it's uh, now Kelly and Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest is just not as good of a co-host. It's... it's um, it is what it is, but Kelly Ripa is a queen among queens for daytime television and uh, another just a woman who's hysterically funny. Uh, but I was obsessed with Live with Kelly, and I think that somehow got me to start watching The View. And the season that I watched The View, the co-host, uh, well, the co-host that drew me in was Raven Simone was announced as a co-host of The View, and I was a big fan of That's So Raven and a big fan of Raven Simone. So I think that was probably kind of what really drew me in. But the co-hosts that season were uh, Raven Simone, of course, Candace Cameron, Cameron Bure of Full House fame, DJ Tanner from Full House, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, and Michelle Collins. And now Michelle Collins uh, was really kind of unceremoniously fired partway through the season that she was on. And that's really uh, a shame that the, the, the show did that. So there was a scandal. Now, okay, so so let me so scandal is overstating it, but but there were headlines grabbed. I think that's a more uh, apropos way of of describing what happened. But headlines were grabbed. There was either Miss Universe or Miss America, but I I think it was Miss Universe. There was a Miss Universe contestant who, for her talent, she was a nurse and she came out in her scrubs and with a stethoscope around her neck and she um her talent was talking about her career now listen it's nursing is a very specialized profession it's a skilled profession it's a very necessary profession a very important profession I'm not discounting that at all but is that really a talent I mean she didn't like write a poem about it even if she had written a poem or some sort of performative piece that would have been different but it was really just a speech about um uh, about her profession and now however you feel about that that's kind of beside the point and again we're talking about something from 2015 because you know i love to keep things topical current and evergreen on dan's dabble and babble but the uh on the view they um discuss this scandal and to kind of finish my thought in grad school I watched the view uh, because 
It was my way of understanding how people who were wholly uninformed about politics made opinions about politics. And, you know, in a lot of cases, that's not really fair to say. There are some women on that show that are very well researched, but they get kind of shouted down by uh, people who uh, are, are not as well versed in the issues of the day, as it were. So... I'm, you know, watching The View, they talk about this, uh, they talk about this, this instance of the nurse at Miss Universe, and Michelle Collins uh, made a joke, and she was like, and why does she have a doctor's stethoscope around her neck? And that was, that went viral on Twitter. All of these nurses were like, we do this and this and this with a stethoscope. And it was kind of just like a dumb offhand comment because like when you go to the doctor's office, who's taking your vitals? It's a nurse and they use a stethoscope to do that. Like, you know, whatever. But but it was just kind of a throwaway comment that um, led to a lot of backlash. And then if, I, if memory serves, it was not long after that that uh, she was fired. I... I don't know that that necessarily had anything to do with it, but uh, it was. It, it seems like it, it it was it was quick after that. So then, a couple years later, after leaving the View um, or or being removed from the View, Michelle Collins landed a show um, initially on the Stars Channel of Sirius XM, the Michelle Collins Show, and. I had kept up with her career because I just like I found her hysterical, uh, and the the comment that that did it for me that made me kind of a fan for life was on the View. She was introducing something and she said there was a recent study done, and she just kind of paused and she goes, "And you know I love a study," and it was just such a dumb throwaway little joke that just really stick <laughs> as as stuck with me all these years. Uh, and just makes me laugh. And, but so she got this show on SiriusXM. So now I'm a SiriusXM subscriber because of her. And she gives us two hours of content a day. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is so she's had a really interesting life lately. She uh, has been um, able to work remote. So she has been hosting the show from Europe. She's been in the UK. She was in Italy for a while. She was in Ireland, uh, which I mean, just like w what a great job to be able to have the freedom to, to um, be able to do that. Uh, and it's made for some really interesting content on the show. Um, but she recently just came back to New York City and she was uh, invited on the Today Show to do a segment uh that um, was like scroll with us or something. Um, and she uh, was basically going through these like viral headlines. And I just want to say that th that that it was a really a waste of her talents. Um, it's it, she was on the third hour of the Today Show or the fourth hour. I don't know the the Hoda hour. Um, and so there were three women at the table and she was kind of giving her quippy witticisms about the topics of the day and she did fine with it. Uh, but I really want to say that she is an ideal candidate for late night. She's not, she's not really a morning television person or just a kind of throwaway quippy witticism person. She is the star. 
So it's just a shame that that it seems television people can't figure out how to give her the stage and the platform that she needs. So I don't necessarily know why I felt the impetus to bring all of that up, but I do recommend uh, you can listen to our podcast for free. Uh, so definitely check out the Midnight Snack excuse me, the Midnight Snack Podcast. And if you're a subscriber to Sirius, I recommend that you tune into the Michelle Collins show. So we will keep this episode moving right along, but now I think is the perfect time for a word from our lovely sponsors this week. Are you ready to launch your new career in coding? Treehouse has one of the best and most affordable online classrooms for you. At Treehouse, we've rethought the learning process and built a proven system to get you the skills and knowledge you need to achieve your goals. When you're done with a course, you haven't just watched a video. You learned, practiced, and absorbed a concept. Or choose to build a portfolio, create a network, and land your dream job with our bootcamp-style tech degree program. Land a dev job this year. Whatever your goal, we'll get you there. Start your seven-day free trial today. Learn more at teamtreehouse.com. And to learn more about the tech degrees, go to teamtreehouse.com slash tech degree. Okay, so for our next segment on this week's show, I'm going to use a story from this weekend to help me transition. So my boyfriend and I are sitting at a restaurant and uh, the lady helping us, uh, I made the comment to my boyfriend that I thought she would go very far on America's Next Top Model. So we had talked about America's Next Top Model because he asked me what the topic of this week's podcast was going to be. And we'll get into why I want to talk about Tyra Banks and America's Next Top Model. But my boyfriend said that I should share that with the waitress. And I said, no, that comment is crazy like it's a compliment yes but that's still an absurd comment so he took the liberty of saying that i thought that she would go far on america's next top model and she told me that she thought i would go far on america's next top model and it was all very awkward and then 20 minutes later we had a different waitress now it happened to be close to five so i think that it was kind of just the end of her shift i hope it was just the end of her shift but also it was an awkward moment and we moved on from it. But the reason I want to talk about Tyra Banks and America's Next Top Model is that Gen Z on TikTok apparently is trying to cancel Tyra Banks and call out America's Next Top Model as problematic. So America's Next Top Model, for those of you who are not familiar, ran from 2003 to 2018. And the concept, as the name suggests, was finding a the next top high fashion model in America. And so uh, for the first 18 seasons, there were um, 16 to 20 some girls, don't know the exact number that they started with, that they would cast. 
And the premise of the show was they would do these um, incredibly artsy photo shoots, these couture photo shoots, uh, and like runway competitions and have these different uh, competitions. And then each week they would call the um, top performers in order uh, to remain in the competition. One person would be eliminated each week. And at the end of the competition, they got like a $100,000 modeling contract. Uh, from some modeling agency and then they had a uh, guaranteed contract I believe with CoverGirl most seasons uh, sometimes the the details of the contract changed here or there but you got a really nice uh, contract a really nice modeling contract at the end if you were declared to be the next top model now let's remember the fashion industry in 2003. So the fashion industry in 2003 was very different than what it is now. Now we have influencers on Instagram, we have targeted ads on social media. So that has really changed the landscape. And I think it's changed the landscape in a lot of really positive ways for young people, especially in that I think there's a lot more representation in terms of gender, race, but also representation in terms of body size. And it's not just kind of these rail thin high fashion models that you see uh, in ads necessarily. Now, I think there's certainly a lot of uh, problematic facets to influencer culture and all of that, but that's that's not what we're going to get into. Um, so America's Next Top Model, my association with it is, you know, in the summers in high school, I would be flipping through the channels on a random Tuesday afternoon that I didn't have to work and there would be an America's Next Top Model marathon on and I would get roped in because the challenges were absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but the, the the progression of the season was so delicious. So like the, the photo shoots were insane. I mean, they... The, there's one photo shoot I remember where the women were styled as mermaids and they were hanging over this square um, or hanging over these docks. I think it may have been when they went to Venice, um, but they were they were uh, caught in these nets and hanging over these docks and they had to make it fashion. And so... Um, the just the uniqueness of the photo shoots really drew me in because they were they were pretty wild and they were out there but so the competition was really two phases there was the initial phase where they were um, in either new york or la and then once you made it to a certain point in the competition they took you international so it was a big deal to make it to the international part of the competition uh, because obviously like for a lot of these girls that were on the show it was their first time traveling internationally so it was this amazing experience for them to to go have and and to work with these fashion designers and and all of that but then the challenges would get uh, so much better as you went on in the season two and when it was i think final four they would have the top four contestants instead of a photo shoot they would actually do a, a, a commercial for covergirl and i remember uh there was one covergirl campaign that they shot where they had to it was like what's my secret and they would have to divulge a secret and i just remember one of the model's secrets was what's my secret i like to eat ice cream in bed 
And that just really, again, is something that stands out to me as being very memorable and being so random and funny. But most of the time, the commercials were these scripted commercials. And what it taught me is that people on America's Next Top Model can't read. They they can't read and they can't memorize the script. It's like you're you're in this competition and the scripts were not that complex and they had like over a day to memorize the script. And so we're talking about the script for like a minute long television commercial. And most of that is them just like walking around and looking pretty, right? So um, anyway, they, it was always just so maddening that they couldn't like they, they, they couldn't speak at all. Um, but then the final two would have this final runway challenge and the final runway was always something wild as well. Like there was one runway challenge where they were like zombie brides and it was just an absurdly long runway. Um, there was one where like they had to like walk across a uh, platform that was like uneven and would shift and they were over water. So it was like you had to be fierce and fashionable, uh, but also not fall into the water. And so there were all kinds of great Tyraisms that came out of that. And that's why I love Tyra Banks is she has um, all of these just really unique phrases uh, that's where smizing, smiling with your eyes came from. Uh, ho, but make it fashion. Of course, you know the, the, all of these, all of these um, just unique, unique ways of speaking. And I want to say, so in the in the industry that Tyra grew up in, it's it's the fashion industry obviously favors youth. And it's really hard to have staying power in the fashion industry. And Tyra has launched several businesses. She's had a talk show. She was uh, host of America's Got Talent, host of um, Dancing with the Stars, and not so much host of America's Next Top Model. So she really made um, her her career work. And I think as a woman of color, to be able to, to become somewhat of a mogul, I think is really um, an inspirational story for a lot of people out there. And I also think that in terms of uh, 2003 to 2018, America's Next Top Model was actually quite a progressive show. So in the first season in 2003, there was an out and proud black lesbian woman. There was a staunch atheist and a plus size model. And now, a lot of the moments that are going viral that Gen Z are trying to cancel come from some of the comments of the other judges. And what they're not showing is the way Tyra spoke to the judges. So there was a moment where Janice Dickinson, who was a supermodel, uh, I don't know when, probably in the 70s, 80s, um, I'm not not sure on when Janice Dickinson would have been big, uh, but she uh, would say things like, you know how I feel about larger girls and couture, like it's not appropriate, whatever. And so Tyra, like at panel, which is where the, the girls would come to be judged, um, she is said, and I quote, I think you are the problem of why women are leaning over their toilets at this very moment and vomiting after they've eaten or taken laxatives. So she was kind of calling out the problematic facets 
of the fashion industry throughout the show. And she was very inclusive of size, of race, and really so much of the show was not about just like, oh, here's this like gorgeous woman, but here's this woman who maybe has been told that she is not necessarily gorgeous, but you have these really, there was this girl, Allison, who just had these really round eyes that I remember. Um, and it was like, she wasn't necessarily the most conventionally attractive woman, but she ended up being at least top three in America's Next Top Model All-Stars. Um, I don't remember exactly, but she was definitely a very memorable contestant. And so it it was moments like that. And then and then there were plus size winners and, and, and you know, Tyra never made it a big deal. She talked about the reality of, you know, kind of trying to make it in the industry as a plus size model and, and that way. But I think, again, it's another example of it was very reflective of the time and I mean, talk about, let's talk about the industry that we are talking about. We're talking about the fashion industry where you are judged on your looks and maybe, uh, you know, that's not going to be the the healthiest industry. But I think Tyra is a product of that industry. I think she's very outspoken about the problems in that industry. And I think that show really sheds light on that. And as part of the reason, I really think the body inclusivity and in advertising and in modeling and in fashion and all of that, I really think that does have uh, a big role uh, or, or, or certainly has, has shaped the culture today. Now, the final two seasons, I believe it was the final two seasons, um, the show may have extended by in that, but there were two seasons where they included men. And in that scene, she called out homophobia in the fashion industry. She called out, uh, there was a homophobic contestant that she kind of read to filth. So I guess my thesis here with America's Next Top Model is really that it is a nuanced there, there's a lot of nuance here, and I just really find uh, I, I find Tyra Banks to be an incredible entertainer, and I I think that it's it's wrong necessarily to uh, to to call her out for things that were happening, especially in the early two thousands, um, that were just that were representative of the industry. But I think if you look at how the show itself changed and how that evolved um, and, you know, bringing the male contestants in and, and, and what that did as well, just brought some, some, some really uh, interesting uh, perspectives. And, you know, I, I, Marvin Cortez is really the, the, the male contestant that sticks out. Um, he, was runner up on, on his season. I don't believe a male, one, I could be wrong. Uh, Niall DeMarco may have, have won. He um, has had a really successful career. He's a gay, deaf model. Um, but anyway, that's, that's, I, I think that Tyra is incredibly entertaining. And just kind of as an example of how entertaining Tyra is, uh, the, the uh, kind of what, what, what launched uh, my boyfriend and I talking about it. Um, was that uh, he sent me this tweet from October of 2020. So I don't know why it's making the rounds today, but Tyra Banks tweeted, fun fact, I love ordering the same dish from multiple food delivery apps and restaurants at the same time. For real, when the goods arrive, I rate and compare everything. Then I know what to order from in the future and what to skip. Where's your fave place to order delivery from? And... The response to the tweet 
says, Tyra, we're poor. Which I just think this is hilarious because, like, one, that's absurd to be ordering multiple delivery uh, options of the same thing at the same time um, and then to sit back and and rate. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, I – when it comes to food delivery, it's I, – I don't have – there are places – so – uh, my boyfriend and I will will often order food delivery when we're at his place, and it's super convenient and great. But like, if we get Chinese food, I don't necessarily remember the Chinese food places that we've gotten delivery from because there is a layer that you're very much removed from when you're ordering on the apps versus going to a place. So it's like I don't even necessarily know where I where I've eaten from. I do also think that it's expanded my horizons. I really like to. Um, order from local places so I think it's made me aware of restaurants that I necessarily wouldn't have crossed paths with uh, which has been has been nice too but but I don't know the Tyra were poor just uh, made me giggle so that is all I have for you this week folks so please uh, rate the podcast five stars give me a follow on twitter at babbling dan follow me on instagram at daniel burkett and have a great week